I believe, of the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies, the aspirational podcast for hopeless people like your hopeless host, Donna Scott. How are you? I hope you're flipping well. I am. In fact, I'm hoping to be a beacon of shining light to you this week. And aspiration truly is the word. And I hope you're feeling okay because I know the news today has been a bit grim. So if you have been living under a bush this morning, my husband called me downstairs at about 11 o'clock and said, you need to watch the TV. And I thought, what have Phil and Holly done this morning to have grabbed Neil's attention? Because he's normally not bothered. And what it was, was breaking news and that famous double act who aren't as funny as Morecambe and Wise, that is uh, Sir Patrick Valance, who is the Chief Scientific Officer, which I believe is also the job that Mr Spock had on the Star Trek Enterprise, and Dr Chris Whitty, you know, the, the lovely ventriloquist puppet of Boris Johnson. Um, <laughs> they came... No, I'm being mean, I'm being mean. He's not a ventriloquist puppet. It, just got a face um they, they they were doing this announcement basically to tell us the people that cases of covid19 have basically started doubling every seven to eight days roughly and they had been i think mooting the idea of a lockdown to coincide with school half term because it's very important that schools stay open and They've said, hmm, if we wait until mid-October, if things have been going the way they are, then we could be looking at 49,000 cases a day by then, and that would be roughly 200 deaths a day. That's not a prediction, they said. That's not a prediction. They're not Mystic Meg. Oh, my goodness, no. More like Septic Peg, eh? Oh, Brian Connolly, where are you these days? Um, but, you know, they're basically saying that the, the news is, is so bad that, you know, Boris Johnson, they're going to have to find him and bring him on telly tomorrow to talk to us about what he plans to do. And we're all a little bit worried by this, especially my friends in the comedy community. So over the past few weeks, I've been having interviews with various people in the creative industries on this podcast. So go back and listen to the, the super extra long episodes that I've done in the past few weeks, including with author Shona Kinsella performance poet uh, Kezebel Ambler and then the comedians Chris Purchase and Khan Johnson and everyone's basically dealing with it in their own way and big kudos to Chris Purchase who has basically moved online and is doing like 14 shows a week now oh, incredible stuff but just today as this has been announced a lot of my friends who do comedy have said they're starting to get very very worried because the money's running out uh, they've burning through any of their savings they've not managed to find anything else they can do um so things are a bit grim for a lot of people not just comedians a lot of people so i can understand if, if people are like feeling a little bit worried so what i wanted to do is to be as i say quite positive with my podcast today because that's terrible news it's grim news i mean there's all sorts of horrible things happening in the world but we want to be light don't we light and fluffy just like like the marshmallow at the bottom of an, an oyster ice cream dessert from Mr Whippy. Nice and fluffy like that. So something nice, sweet, you know, nice. 
So what words of aspirational joy can I bring to you? I think I do have some. I mean, nothing you can put on your wall in fancy calligraphy. Although it would be quite cool, wouldn't it, if, you, if somebody did their, their wall with the words hands, face, space. Maybe it'll catch on. And a little butterfly on the edge of it. <laughs> and a little rainbow for the NHS. These are the times we're living in, but they look so nice on my wall. No, basically, I want to encourage everybody to just try their hardest for themselves. Find something creative that you want to do for yourself. And also, what I think you should do, not that I'm going to tell you what to do, but one thing that needs to be nice to do is if you've appreciated something this week, something nice, try and spread a bit of positivity. Try and spread the joy. Like If you've read a book, tell people about that book. If you've seen a nice film, tell people about that film. I mean, we're all flipping enjoying that um, David Tennant thing about the serial killer Dennis Nilsson, aren't we? Spread the joy, spread the joy. Tell everybody about how good David Tennant is in that role and how flipping heck, if he'd played this first, we wouldn't have thought of him as a good Doctor Who, would we? Because, <laughs> oh, how, how can Dennis Nilsson be Doctor Who? No, but he's really, really good. Daniel Mays is really good. Pip Torrance is really good. Jason Watkins, really, really good. There were no women in 1983 apart from the Madam Foreman of the Jury. That's it, guys. Let's do a British drama about a female serial killer for a change. Choose Joanna Dennehy. I can't think of any others. In fact, I have been getting in the mood for a bit of serial killer related stuff this week by listening to Truth and Justice and Real Crime Profile. And I've been listening to the words of Jim Clementi. I'm actually going to the theatre this week because Jim Clementi, the famous FBI profiler who was part of the team on um, The Real Mindhunter and all of that, oh, he's going to be coming to Northampton. I'm very excited because um, it's this, this voice that I've been listening to on Real Crime Profile with Laura Richards and Lisa Zanetti and... Talking like in the between those adverts. What if they'll stop the show in the middle and do an advert for Hello Fresh or something? That'd be funny. Well, what do they call it? Is that what's the version of that in um, Blue something? Blue Apron. Blue Apron. Or Harry's Shaving Club. You'll start doing that in the middle <laughs> of his talk at the theatre. Yeah, he's coming to Northampton to talk about how to spot serial killers. I remember the aim is like if you've got one that's your child how to how to spot the warning signs early but basically if it is your child it's probably your fault isn't it <laughs> nature nurture <sighs> anyway i got neil to pick up some of the tickets for that because i couldn't work out how to get the socially distanced seating plan sorted in the theater but apparently there's loads of tickets left so go along if you feel okay indoors i don't usually but i'm trusting them to be you know covid safe that's if it happens Oh my God, it could get cancelled, couldn't it? After tomorrow. God, we've got no idea what's going to happen, do we? Anyway, talking about spreading the joy. So I've got a few recommendations for you. So my friend Frizz Frizzle, he has been doing this show called What's in the Box. I've done two of them and Neil's done one of them as you and Kershaw. And that's like a game show that's online. And you can watch all of those for free on YouTube. Well, the final two of those were this weekend. I've got to catch up with them, but the lineups look great. I'm really looking forward to watching them. So, Frizz, he's done so much all through the past 20-odd weeks. 
with giving us this free content on his YouTube. It's really, really good. And I think, you know, if you can click a subscribe on Frizz Frizzle's channel, go and watch What's in the Box. And then he's got his own show, which he does every Friday, called Songs from the Spare Room. So just go and watch that because um, he'll even take requests, I think. And they're parody songs. Very, very good ones. He's even been on BBC Six, you know. And speaking of games, another comedian called James Cook, he has a YouTube channel with uh, his Edinburgh show that he has basically revamped for the online age called Board Game Smackdown. And it's well worth watching live if you can, because then you can interact and basically suggest things to the comedians playing the games. But also, you can, it's very fun to watch afterwards as well. So have a subscribe, watch what he does, and like and share. And basically, this was his idea last week. He said, here's my YouTube channel, I need some more subscribers. So if you could like, like and subscribe and then post your link underneath and I'll subscribe to yours. And he followed through on that, very good. And everyone was like, oh, what a brilliant idea. So lots of people posted their links and a few of us said, yeah, we're gonna go and we're gonna subscribe to everybody on this list. Because the way that YouTube works with its algorithms is that if it feeds you stuff and you watch it, it will then suggest something to you that's very, very similar. But you can have more control over what you get to see if you confuse the algorithm a little bit. So the more things you subscribe to, the more choice it, you're gonna have popping up. It's like, I noticed that, that, that YouTube's suggestions were getting a bit screwy for me when all I was getting was, I was getting like David Icke suggested to me because I'd watched one video where David Icke was being criticized, but it started, and, and I was getting lots of Nigel Farage videos recommended to me. And I'm like, I've gotta, I've gotta stop making this YouTube algorithm and think that I'm a kind of nut job. And it's really, really improved the, the viewing quality of the things it offers to me. You know, lots of um, reaction videos, top tens, biographies, um, comedy shows, and oh, lifestyle. So I'm watching a lot of Frugal Queen and Liziki. Oh, and Uncle Roger, love Uncle Roger. So, you know, there's absolutely no reason not to subscribe someone's channel it's not going to actually throw up their channel in your feed all the time it, it, it doesn't do that <laughs> if you don't believe me watch the social dilemma it's on netflix right now and with youtube's monetization plan if you have a thousand subscribers and four thousand um watched hours in 12 months you can start getting money off youtube which is great otherwise you just have a channel and then just have to try and get money from people who like you through other means like coffee and Patreon. That's if you're after the money. I haven't asked for anything yet, but I will do because let's face it, I do comedy, I, I make content and I think it's worth something. But I just don't want a paywall, you know? It's not worth the paywall. Anyway, James Cook was like, yeah, I'll subscribe to you. And he subscribed, we all subscribe to each other. And then what did I notice? I gained like all these subscribers like only about five in a list of about 20 people and so you know some people were just ignoring it and and then some of those subscribers 
unsubscribed as soon as I'd subscribed to them, which is mean. It's rude. It's rude and mean. Rude, mean people. I've only ever unsubscribed from a channel in my life, and that was because they were eating disgusting things. Sort of like George's Marvelous Medicine. It's really funny when you see them doing it, and then they make their friend... No, 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 no. Spread joy and positivity, people. Not disgust and horrible feelings. Anyway, let's think of some lovely things that have happened this week. One thing I've done this week is I've learned how to make cheese. I've made some labne, which is a kind of yoghurt-based cheese. I made my own yoghurt, and then I made the labne, and it's lovely. So I've been eating that for my lunches. And my tomatoes have finally started to go red in the garden. It's happening. It's happening, guys. It's happening. Also, I've made some slow gin, giving the jars a shake every couple of days. It's going to be awesome. I'm pretty sorted for Christmas, I think. Because I've got all my pickles, I'm growing my red cabbage in the garden. I've still got you know, a bed full of spuds, which I'm going to be chomping my way through. Flipping love gardening these days. Still got courgettes growing. Got my butternut squash. It was growing like about three squashes, but it's only growing one big one now. I hope it does grow some more. I don't know if it will. And finally, after growing about 20 plants, I've got two chilies coming through. I've been very busy with the editing. That's been going pretty well and Neil has fixed my guitar and he's got his guitar which he found in the skit repaired and we are having another go at learning chords my guitar was a Christmas present to me when I was 16 and I learnt a few chords in the first couple of years but after that I didn't really bother with it so it had been a little bit broken and dusty and unloved for many many years and I've just started playing it again. That's Mickey. It's still got a, a Bits badge from my Smash Hits on the guitar strap. So yeah, Neil's got himself practically a brand new guitar for pennies. And then just a bit of work and it's absolutely sound. And it's a semi-acoustic one as well. So we can plug it in and play it. But clearly we don't want to annoy the neighbours. Anyway, this is going to be a very short podcast from me this week. But joy of joy. BBC is bringing back Newsjack, so I've submitted something for it today. Um, it's probably going to get rejected because I really rushed it. So it'll be recorded for next week's podcast. After I've tweaked the ending so that it's better. I've spent a month basically trying to write more and improve my hit rate in joke telling. You know, not that I'm not already awesome. But I wanted to work on my universality so I joined this online group that does writing exercises every day and spend 10 minutes a day doing like jokes uh, based on a theme word with a majority American audience. And then we vote for our favourites and give each other feedback. I've never won, possibly because I think you have to think a lot with my jokes sometimes and... I get that as well when some other people have submitted jokes that are that reference popular culture. Um, sometimes if it's Taylor Swift, everybody gets it and I don't. And if somebody, uh, you know, does a joke about Greek mythology, I get it and a lot of other people don't. So I think it's just a thing with the kinds of things that we're exposed to in Britain as opposed to the things that the Americans are generally exposed to as part of their sort of background knowledge. But it's been really, really good and I've, I've made some friends from across the pond. The idea is that we are creating the next 
generation of great comedians. I mean, I'm already in that generation, but you know. I took part in a competition. I didn't get anyone in this competition, but I've also had some good feedback from my competition. I will stick my 90 second set on the theme of love on the end of this podcast. So you've got some content from me. It's not in my usual style, because you know my usual style is, my name's Donna, like the kebab, and I'm, I'm very rough sounding. Very, I bring out my black country accent a bit more. I sound a little bit un, more unsure of myself. Whereas the set I've done, I wanted to try and get as many jokes as I could into that 90 seconds, so I have to be a bit quicker and clearer. But yeah, like I say, for the next six weeks, I'm going to be focusing on writing radio stuff. And I think this is the thing I want to tell other comedians about. Everyone's kind of like lingering, waiting for news about whether or not live comedy is going to be even more affected. I mean, I went to a live comedy gig as a punter last week, supporting Comedy Crate, supporting the Black Prince where the event was held. And the acts were Paul Sinner, who of course we've seen before, and he was on he's on the chase. Bobby Mayer, who I've seen before, but I don't know. Sarah Callahan, who I don't know at all, but she's a bit newer, but she's she's great. And the MC was Will Duggan, who I've known for ages. Podcast fans will know of him as Will, friend of the show Duggan from All Killer No Filler. Anyway, I had a fantastic time, but chatting to the acts afterwards, there was not one of them who had managed to do more than three gigs since the end of lockdown. Everything has been pretty sparse and I've been getting asked for gigs as well, even though I've not got anything on at the moment. And people have been messaging me since I posted those pictures of the beer garden. That's even from some actor I know who are very proactive and have tried to diversify a little bit more, get their stuff online, do more online content, which I think is probably how we're going to have to go again now I very much suspect and are you looking forward to the Great British Bake Off coming back how did they manage to film it when there's a pandemic the answer is very simple apparently everybody lived together how committed have you got to be to cakes it's going to have made that program a bit more expensive to make but my goodness that is commitment isn't it and that's how programming is going to have to be either you're going to have to have like closed sets and people acting like sports teams so they're making a production they've got to be committed to living together and basically not allowing anything from outside in so that they can say there's no covid in this working environment or we're going to have to start doing stuff that doesn't rely on people interacting in the same space whatsoever so a lot more online stuff a lot more zoom a lot more monologues we're just going to have to think our way around it and I think there's going to be real opportunity for people writing that kind of thing next year because they can't, you know, film socially distanced Pride and Prejudice, can they? Or could they? That'd be a thing. Now, Mr Darcy going, I think I should let you know how very ardently I admire... Oh, hang on, the Wi-Fi's gone. Can't hear you. Can't hear you, Mr Darcy. Sorry. Who does he think he is? So anyway, no interviews this week and for the next few weeks I will be bringing you some of my actual comedy content, hopefully. <laughs> Here's a little taster right now and I'll say I'll see you soon. This is Donna Scott signing off.
Hi, I'm Donna, the love child of Danny DeVito and Cousin It. Sorry guys, I'm married. Actually, I met my husband at a science fiction convention and we're summed up by the song Two Hearts Beating With Just One Mind because we both love Doctor Who. Seven years married and we still hold hands, cuddle on the sofa and spend hours staring into each other's eyes because we've both seen that George Clooney film where they try to kill goats that way and you never know. I still have the hots for him. Or could it be the menopause? I try to keep things exciting in the bedroom and turning the lights down low and laying mouse traps on the rug will do that. Oh, as we're both sci-fi nerds, I've tried role play. I could dress up as Princess Leia in the gold bikini, but I'd rather just do the quotes. Use the force, Luke. Do or do not, there is no try. I've got a bad feeling about this. I read the WikiHow page on how to keep your man and it said use a specific concrete communication style which is great because I can remind him he hasn't laid the patio yet and if he doesn't do it soon, I will. You know those three word epithets that people have on their wall? Live, laugh, love. Well, mine's bind, torture, kill. You've been listening to the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies with Donna Scott. Please like and subscribe. Give us a five-star review. I love you. Also check out Donna Scott Comedy on YouTube and my website, donna-scott.co.uk. Music, It Looks Like the Future But It Feels Like the Past by Dr Turtle on Flush Your Rolex EP.